in the last episode, I went deep into the arguments for and against doing dressage with or without bits. And we talked about what it means to do real dressage. Now, in this episode, I want to take some of what we talked about and give you some real life examples. So I want to share some stories of my personal horses and um, and tell you about the process of how I start them without a bit, um, when, you know, when and how I make decisions about the equipment that I use on them regarding bits and um, how that affects their training. So uh, this should be interesting, I hope, you know, get away from the theory and get to some real life stories. So here we go. Episode eight, stories of dressage training with and without bits. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Stories of training dressage with and without bits. So I start all of my horses in a regular rope halter and their first rides are in that halter. And then I just continue on with that halter and bitless uh, until things are going well enough that then I think yeah, it's time to time for some refinement. And one of the reasons that I start all my horses bitless is because when they're starting out, um, often things aren't perfect. And the mouth is so sensitive that I'm really careful to, to not make mistakes in the horse's mouth. And sometimes the mistakes come from a young horse startling or, you know, things get off balance. And, you know, yeah, I want to do my best with my hands in all situations. But the reality is before they really understand what's going on, there's a chance that the contact might not be as light and perfect as we ultimately want it to be. And because the mouth is so sensitive, uh, a, a mistake in the mouth can set up a chain of defensiveness or avoidance or anxiety or all these other displaced behaviors um, that then can take, they can either stay with the horse as a habit long after um, the initial problem is removed, um, you know, or it just sets up a dynamic in their body of, of brace and contraction. So one thing that I use in my clinics to illustrate this point is imagine I take you by the hand and I kind of excitedly kind of pull you all over the place. So this is what I do in a clinic. I take a volunteer and I just say, you know, come play with me. And I take them by the hand. I go, come here. No, come here. No, come here. And maybe I'm pulling them a little bit, but you know, it's not that offensive because I'm just holding their hand. 
And then I stay smiling and I go, okay, now I'm going to hold you by the earring, right? A sensitive area. And the first thing that happens is they go like this, right? Because they know it's a sensitive area. And they know that, man, she was just pulling me around a little bit. Everybody's laughing, but I go, now I'm going to do it by here. And most 99% of the people I do this with, their initial reaction is to brace, right? So when we're in an area, pulling on my ear, when we're in an area that is sensitive, you know, so those of you just listening, I know I'm doing things, I'm so used to video, I'm, I'm doing things and I, I, I realize you can't see that. So just picture that after I pulled you around with the arm, I hold on to your earring. Like, what's your thought if I think I'm going to pull you around by the earring, right? So my shoulders are up to my ears. I'm braced because I'm protecting that area. And so what happens is people, you know, that happens with horses too. So if you are connecting with a very sensitive area, it has more of a chance of setting up brace and causing things that then we have to train out, um, you know, if we're doing that. So that's one of the reasons I start with out, I eliminate that whole scenario. I'm not even going to touch your mouth. I'll just be on your nose. And really I'm on a long reign at that stage anyway. So my goal is to have a horse that I can walk, trot and canter without a bit with just a simple halter on or my pitless bridle and I can walk trot and canter I can go in the arena out of the arena and it's all good once that happens now you've got a nice rideable horse and then I start thinking about biomechanics so horsemanship and partnership are the first layer once I have a happy little partner then I start talking about dressage I start playing with their energy levels and the conversation about balance, everything that's in my sweet spot of healthy biomechanics system. And we create a healthy biomechanic. I still don't need a bit in the mouth because I'm talking to the body and getting this let loose willingness happening. And the posture of willing let loose to what you're asking tends to be the same biomechanics that we want in dressage. So now I'm doing the basics of dressage and things are going well. I'm still bitless and I could just keep going. And on some horses I have. But usually around the time when um, they're kind of going along in what I call comfortable transportation mode, right? They're a happy little partner and they're going along. I have a loop in the rain. I'm not using my reins. I'm not even having to use my reins, you know, by mistake. So when I, when I know that there's like a almost 100% possibility that I, number one, don't need the reins, and if I do touch the reins, the horse understands how to accommodate it, accommodate them nicely, that's a horse who's ready to start thinking about wearing a bit. So I'm progressing the training going on bitless, but at the stage when they're past their, you know, they're at their comfortable transportation stage, then I, I get out my box of bits and I, <clears throat> and I play try on the bit. And so I put the bit in the horse's mouth. 
I make that a game so that they love it. It's like a little trick and they understand to put in their mouth. And I just put one on, let it sit on the horse's head, take it off, put another one on, and I just watch the horse. And I do that until I feel like I have some idea of which bit they just kind of hold in their mouth as if it wasn't there. So if the horse is like chewing and chomping or mouthing, I just keep playing until I find a bit that they don't tend to do that. They, you know, every horse is going to experiment a little bit the first time they have a bit in their mouth, but pretty quickly there's one where they kind of play and then they go, hmm, I'm good. <laughs> and then I let the horse carry that bit while I ride him. So now keep in mind, I've already been riding him bitless. I know what he feels like to walk, trot, and canter on a loose rein. I know what he feels like. I can create a healthy posture. I can take the slack out of the reins. I can even connect with the circuit of energy. I can do all of that bitless. So now it's like a little science experiment because now when he carries the bit, I can see, does that change anything? So some horses, when they're carrying the bit, they feel exactly the same as when they're not carrying the bit. Doesn't make a difference wearing the bit, not wearing the bit. I'm riding them off the, the bitless. I'm riding them off the halter. They're carrying the bit. And if they don't feel any different at all, then I know they're ready to start having me put the reins on to the bit now. Some horses, when they're carrying the bit, actually can change quite dramatically um, in all kinds of ways. Uh, some horses get slower with their energy. Some get higher with their energy. Some get anxious. Some get a little checked out. So really pay attention. Now, here's the thing. If you haven't been riding your horse bitless, then you won't be able to appreciate the effect that carrying the bit has. You're just If you only rode with the bit and that horse has some reaction to the bit, you're going to think, well, that's just how that horse is. When I start them bitless, I can tell the difference. So if I have a horse who's comfortable transportation, bitless, but when he's just carrying the bit, he starts curling his neck up, then I know that's not normal. That's a negative reaction to the bit. So then I know I'm not done. I need to find a different bit. So I go through this stage until I can't, it doesn't matter whether he's carrying the bit or not. So that's the goal. He's going fabulously without a bit and he can carry a bit on his head with no reins attached and he feels just as fabulous. That's the goal. Then when he's at that stage, I usually put two reins on, one set of reins on the halter or bitless and one set of reins on the bit. And I just gradually, um, I'm riding the horse bitless. When things feel good, I'll start to take the slack out of the reins with the reins on the bit. And so now I'll see, okay, we know he carries the bit okay, but what happens when he feels things in his mouth? Now I've also, side note, <laughs> I've played with him learning about the feel on his mouth when I'm on the ground standing still. 
So I have a video in my video classroom called First Thoughts about contact and it's on the ground. They've learned to um, not worry about contact, not set up any kind of brace about it. They've learned to yield to it up, right, left, down. They can just, you can move that bit around in space and they learn how to just accommodate and follow it. So that's already happened on the ground. So then basically I do the same thing riding, right? So the horse is comfortable transportation, carries the bit. Now I can take the slack out of the reins and while riding, oopsie, I kicked the camera. While riding, they can feel a connection and the goal is nothing goes worse. Nothing goes wrong. They're just like, eh, whatever. Reins are short, reins are long. I trust they trust that when I shorten the reins, nothing bad's going to happen because I'm never taking the contact. I'm taking the slack out and then the rest of the posture is done through riding their body and their mind. So that's the plan. Once they're at that stage and they're perfectly fine, I can ride with the bit, then I might... Um, take the bitless off and some days I ride bitless and some days I ride with the bit. And this is where the horse really is going to be telling me a lot. By this stage, I know whether the horse really likes bits. How does it affect their body? What's the communication like? Do, does the communication get better? So it is a positive, useful tool of refinement or does it get worse? Is it actually a handicap? Do they go better bitless, right? So again, you don't, you don't know this. You don't have the comparison unless things are already going well without a bit. And to me, that information has been pure gold. So I've had plenty of horses. Uh, my horse, my lip is on Monty, who's no longer with us, um, but I can ride him bridleless. He can do actually upper, could do upper level movements, completely bridleless. He could go bitless. He could go with a bit. It was all good. No problem. Once I found, I found the snaffle he liked, he actually could go in several different snaffles and I could fluctuate between. I usually did bitless and then save the bit for refined days where everything just got yummier. No problem at all. My horse Natia is like that. Uh, Nati is a great big um, Andalusian, and she's she goes bitless with a bit. She can go in a double bridle. She goes in my half a double bridle, which I'll explain in a minute, and it's all good. Hotshot, my horse Hotshot's the same way. He goes bitless. He goes with a bit. I'll actually talk about him because he, I did not start. He came from the dressage world, so I'll talk about him in a second. But I want to talk about my horse Ovation and my horse Solana, who are very similar. So Ovation started with the same plan as I said. He um, accepted a snaffle. He accepted carrying a snaffle, no problem. But when I started um, riding him with reins, when he would feel things in the snaffle, he would get like super, super... I'll say too light, like avoiding. And so now this is a horse who bitless was, he's a pretty strong horse. So he's strong-willed. 
he's pretty powerful in his body. Um, I don't want to say bracy, but you know, the kind of horse, if you touch the reins, you don't like feel like butter. It's like, there he is, <laughs> you know, solid guy. And he's got strong opinions. So as I said, he was going very well, uh, bitless, but I have to say, he's like one of those horses where I was like secretly looking forward to when I felt like I could really use a bit and refine this because he could be kind of physical and, um, and not that sensitive. So part of me was like, Oh, I can't wait to like start using a bit. However, when I started using the bit, he would come to really turn into a different horse. He would curl up. I couldn't feel him. You know, those horses, you can't find the contact because he's just so, he became super, super light. And he would, in doing that, contract through his body. And he would often, I have really weird sweat patterns. Like he'd kind of break out in a, in a cold sweat. Completely different set of adjectives that I would use to describe him riding with the snaffle than I would riding bitless. So in a bitless, he's powerfully strong. He's in my hands. He's taking me solid with a bit curled up behind the leg, evasive, um, sucking his tongue up his, his mouth, things like that. So I tried a long time um, finding, trying to find a, a snaffle that he liked. I would wrap bits in leather or wrap them in rubber, or, you know, don't email me with, with types of snaffle to try with him. I've tried them all. And at some point I just said, what am I doing? He does not like the feeling of a bit on his tongue. He's sucking his tongue up his throat. He goes out the back door and Anytime I rode him with a bit, it felt like a handicap. So I'm thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I tying two arms behind my back trying to do this when he goes really well bitless? So at some point I just said, he doesn't like bits. And I gave it up. I didn't give up the training. His training progressed. So now then he got to the upper levels and kind of pre St. George-y kind of level. And I thought, you know, I just really, there's this other refined feel that I still am craving because I still know the value of a bit. So I thought about the curb bit and I thought, well, why don't I make kind of, he's at the, you know, a double bridal stage. He just doesn't like snaffles, but I found a curb that And if you go to the my website, dressagenaturally.net slash podcast, find this episode, and I will put in the show notes a link to this bit that I'm describing. But it's a curb. I think it's called like a Schumacher, Conrad Schumacher. But it's a curb, it has short shanks, and it has a squ very squared off port. So it's not a high port, but squared off. And then the whole port is angled in such a way that when it's resting without contact in the horse's mouth, the way it naturally hangs, the port doesn't lay on the tongue. It actually comes up and over the tongue. So this bit he actually was comfortable with because it was, it was the feeling on his tongue that he didn't like. 
So this was a nice breakthrough. So now for the more refined movements, I ride him in the my bitless bridle. I'll have a link to that on my show notes also. But picture just like a noseband with reins attached to the side. That plays the role of the snaffle. And then I hang the curb off of that. And I use it exactly the way I would use a double bridle with a snaffle and a double. And so most of the time I'm riding off the bitless, but I have that little that little tweak of refinement and fine tuning that you that is the best use of a double bridle. And so that worked with him. And then my horse Solana, um, so I had um, ovation and then I started Natia. She was perfect with bits as I described before. And then along came Solana and she was very, very, very similar to ovation, kind of solid character, bitless, um, but got her going beautifully bitless, really riding from my seat, made the big posture changes, got her let loose. And then as she started getting into fourth level and schooling pre-St. George, introduced my half a double and she went beautifully because she did the same thing with snaffles. I could ride her in it, but it, it just always felt like this handicap. It felt like I could ride her in it as long as I didn't touch it. <laughs> you know, and I thought, why am I using a tool that when I use it, it makes things worse? I don't. And so this is the beauty of I'm not planning on showing. I don't have to follow the rules of competition because I'm not going in a competition. Uh, so she goes beautifully in my, I guess I call it my half a double bridle, whatever that means. Now to Hotshot. So Hotshot is, uh, I, he was given to me at age seven, great big warm blood. He had um, been lame for a couple of years and he came to me um, when I, <laughs> he became sound very quickly going through my sweet spot of healthy biomechanics protocol uh, and when the when I asked the owner what kind of bit snaffle he goes in, she looked at me. She's like, "Well, he doesn't go in a snaffle; he just goes in a double bridle." Um. So anyway, I just found a nice normal snaffle. I when I get a horse in from normal dressage training, I tend to meet them where they are. So I didn't go immediately bitless. I was like, "Let me just ride him in a snaffle." I know he knows what snaffles are. He had, his mouth was fine, really no contact issues that I saw. So I just started there, him with the snaffle where he understood. Then once he and I knew each other, I said, well, you know, I'd really like to ride him bridleless. I'd like to ride him bitless. So um, I took the bitless, well, I, I put the bitless on and I had the two sets of reins. Um, so I did a little bit of that, but pretty soon I just took the reins off of the bit. And what I found was he had not been educated in bitless. And so when I would touch the reins bitless, I found like, oh, he's he's a little bit blocked <laughs> here, right? So in the snaffle, he's lovely, um, but in the bitless, not so much. So I thought, okay, well, he's not a stiff horse. He's just not educated to follow that kind of feel. So I had to take a little bit of time to break it down, really establish the communication about following the feel 
and and really get the communication into his body that instead of using the head as the springboard for every adjustment um, i was using my legs and my seat and moving his body around and and probably I'd say two weeks of really deconstructing and reminding him that most of the communication is happening in the body with my body to his body. Um, then he was, the quarter dropped in. He's like, Oh, I get it. He started to feel really awesome bitless. And then after those two weeks, I put the bridle back on. And even though he had already felt just lovely in the contact, he felt even better because when you go bitless, you really find out how much they are reacting off the bit and how much they're actually communicating from your seat. So with every horse that's with me for, for any length of time was, is going to end up going bitless. Hotshot also can go completely bridleless. That's the real test of your seat. And I just find that going bridleless with nothing on them, going bitless and going with a bit gives me such a huge amount of information about how much is the connection there from my seat, how much of the connection is there, of the posture is there through the body, and then what is the actual effect of each piece of equipment separate from the other. And I guess that's the main thing that I, I think I want to tempt people to experiment with because for horses like Solana and Ovation, where the description and the feel of them is so completely different that if you don't have that um, baseline without a bit, you really are never going to know what they truly are like, um, separate from any reaction, negative reaction that they might have from the bit. And so many times that those, those avoidances of the bit are met with um, either stronger bits or tighter nosebands or some sort of layering on top of band-aids on top of band-aids instead of getting to the source. If you want to learn more details about how I teach this. All of this subject is really focused on in my Sweet Spot of Healthy Biomechanics course. You can find that on my website, um, dressagenaturally.net slash online programs. Just go to the podcast page on my website, find this episode, and I promise I'll put all the links that you need in the show notes for this um, you can also learn from my book that's in my shop and um, lots of videos in my video classroom. So if you're interested in this kind of philosophy put into action and get some guidance along the way of how exactly to do this and what exactly it looks like uh, with my horses and watching me work with students, I really encourage you to, to come to my website check it out. You can even find a place to book a private consult. We can talk to you about what's going on with you and your horse, and we can point you to the resource that's going to be the best one for you. So this is doable. This is um, 
you know, we don't have to make stuff up. This is what I've been doing in dressage naturally with people all around the world for decades. So if you have questions and confusions when it comes to bits and contact and connection with the reins, you are so not alone. And um, I hope you take advantage of this massive resource um, that will help you solve some of those problems um, without just, you know, adding more leg and closing your hands and shortening your reins all the time. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.